This is the GPL Podcast, part of the Pull Tab Sports family. So right away, my confidence is it's doing really, really, really well before that. And then, um, and then Don goes, can anybody on the ice take a penalty shot? And the referee goes, no, it has to be, it has to be Ramsey. And I'm like, okay, there's shot two to the confidence. That's, that's great. And he, and he... You know, I, I think there is some shenanigans happening in the goalie community. Are, are you going to speak on that? In the goalie as a, community. Oh, you know, former goalie. You know, I got to ride with goalie nation, but, um... <laughs> Now, here's Jupiter and Vigo. Good evening. Welcome to the GPL podcast, episode number 253. And Vigs, back from the break, almost a month off from the podcast. How was the break for you? We should feel well-rested, right, with all the time off. Yes. It's been very hectic for a father of two with the youth hockey. And then, of course, tonight, you know, I had to fuel up with some chicken parm. You know, it's a hectic evening in the, in the household getting ready for the second half. Yeah, I was out shopping out all over the place. You were, like, giving me notes. I'm like, oh, geez, I got to fix some things before. It's, it, was, it's, it sneaks up on you. We're back at the podcast again. And we're at, like, super full strength tonight. We kind of are. So we, we, we've had our two guests on individually before, Viggs. This is the first time we've had them together, so we're kind of hoping for some chaos, do you think? Chaos theory, let's go. All right, let's bring them in. We've got Jack Ramsey and Eric Shearhorn. <laughs> Fellas, how are you doing? Good, good. Thanks, okay. for, thanks for having us on. Rammer's highlight reel at the start was a little better than mine. That was pretty funny, so I like that one. But he's got better material than I do, so I don't blame you on that one. It's we, easier when Don rips into me more. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was you kind of ripping yourself because of that old penalty shot you got to take. That uh... can anyone else take it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that, Rammer. What? When was that? Sophomore year against Wisconsin. I was on the PK and I picked off a DDD pass, got tripped on the breakaway, and shorts. Short, long story short, Don asked if anybody on the ice could take the penalty shot instead of me. And I think Romanko was on the ice with me, so there's no chance they're picking him over me. And so he's probably going to pass it to one of one of the two defensemen. And then Genner was was yelling, take the power play, take the power play. <laughs> and it was only in the game notes for about a decade. Yep. Thanks to the SID, Brian Deutsch. Yeah. Deutsch here. Oh. Who was it? Who had the next penalty shot? Last year, wasn't it? Uh oh. Now we need Nate. We need Gopher State to, to remind us. You know, I, I can check the Gopher game notes if you let me scramble a little bit and I can figure out who, who replaced you on there. But it doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. But, uh, you know, on the flip side, you know, you're not doing penalty shots, but still the Vigs, the Gopher stink at. Uh, shootouts and we found that out uh, the last series of the year against Ohio State again yeah I know that the fans are really frustrated with the shootouts but from my perspective you just got to put that in the trash can 
you know, I, I've heard so often from fans that they're frustrated this team isn't going to Frozen Fours, isn't winning national championships. And you know, you it doesn't help it every you win. year. You know, it doesn't help you win a national championship, spending a lot of time on shootouts. You know, <laughs> it's just something for a conference title race that Gopher fans have, have seen locked up by this program many years over the last decade. They're spending their time playing for the Frozen Four. So all this shootout stuff that people talk about, it's just nonsense to me. And, you know, this team has played pretty well. They've only lost two games, I think, in their last two months. That's pretty impressive overall with all the guys they've had to replace. So I think that's where they should put their focus. Chill Kessel, they don't have that shootout specialist like Jack Ramsey anymore. Fans need to move oh. on. <laughs> the, the thing is, though, is Rammer was actually pretty good at shootouts. In so, practice. Yeah, yeah, in practice. I never saw You know, that. we're hearing that I'm from Coach Mosco. Well, you know, all these guys, they do pretty good, in, you know, in practice. And, you know, and then all of a sudden some weird defenseman will come up. People are like, what is he doing this for? And and then Mosco will say, Viggs, you know, hey, he, he won it in practice. Yeah, well, what would you guys say is the biggest difference? You know, Rammer is a shooter, Shearhorn is a goalie, you know, going from practice shootouts to game shootouts. I would like, I had way, way, way more confidence in practice. Like I would stop at the hash marks and stick handle, you know, and like be fancy with it and it would work. Um, but I had, there was no chance I was going to do that in a game because if I did that in a game and got po-checked or like it bounced over my stick, like I, I wouldn't be able to live that down. So it's like, <laughs> all right, let's keep it simple and doing that like less likely to score. So um, I think for me, the, the difference is just, less time to think right because in in practice it's usually rapid fire shootout and so you're just getting your reps in you kind of got the timing down but then in a game when you have different guys coming down doing you know one's going slow one's going fast one's taking an angle and you just get different looks that you're maybe a little less prepared for and then i mean it's just it's a lot of luck too i mean there's no yeah. You know, you could have a really good goalie who has a couple bad shootouts in a row, and he's not necessarily bad at breakaways or shootouts. He just didn't stop those attempts. You know what I mean? And so, I, it's fluky, and I don't know. I don't. I don't put too much weight on it. I think the fan frustration being is that not maybe that they lost is that they they've had what three of them now, three or four. They haven't even scored, not once. It, and it doesn't matter who they put out. You know, they put out the guys who score lots of goals in the games, like Rhett Pitlick and Jimmy Snuggerud, and mm -hmm. they don't score. And then you throw out guys like Cal Thomas. I I heard uh, Max Rudd won the shootout the other day for practice. You know, if they throw out those guys, the fans get really upset too. So I I I think it's just a lot of luck and. Like Eric said and Jack said, it's it's different than practice. Mm -hmm. You know, in the NHL, when there are a lot of points at stake in the shootout, you know, you start to build your books, just like you do in soccer, where you look at goalies and you look at their weaknesses in shootouts, and you look at shooters and look what they try to do, and you put a little more focus in it because it sort of matters whether you make the playoffs or not or what seed. But in college, it's not really that important. You know, the pairwise isn't looking mm -hmm. at these shootout wins and losses for anybody, so. I don't think the coaching staff is looking at it either. Well, it did cost them a point there in at Ohio State, so they took four points out of six points. Figs, do you have any thoughts? You know, it was a month ago almost. Any quick thoughts on that series? Well, I just thought they played okay 
in the second game against Ohio State, you just didn't see the offensive ground game really take over. Too many one-and-done situations for my liking. That's something this program needs to take that next step is be able to generate offense from in-zone possession and creating second chances and connecting shifts together. You know, we've seen it at times for this program where teams can get on a run with that, but we're not seeing it consistently with this group. And of course, you know, the program was pretty run down. There's a lot of little nagged injuries that were affecting players coming down the end of the first half. And I think the fans probably don't know the number of injuries guys are dealing with. And then again, that last game against Ohio State, you know, Hugelin goes down, Moore goes down. So they don't really have the centers who can drive that kind of possession, playing consistent shifts in that game. So I think that was a big impact. So being able to turn the page the second half should be should be good for this group. All right. It, they have a long month off. You guys both did this. Jack, what's the first thing you did when that first half of the season was over? Oh, Christmas break or whatnot. Just get oh, yeah. home. Probably get home and get up to the cabin with the family. It's just rest and recharge. I mean, it's a long break, but it's not a long break, Eric, right? You get like three, four days of actual time off. And then it's, I think, I don't know if it was Christmas day, like we had practices or the day after Christmas, you know, there's a stretch, you know, where you get a break in games, but the players aren't off as much. So kind of on the coaching staff to keep things light and and fun that, you know, when you're actually off, so guys can get a little, little rest in the mind. Last. So you found it, Viggs? Yeah, last, last Minnesota penalty shot was a miss by Jimmy Snuggerud. Hey, he missed. I missed. Same players. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to the best of them, Rammer. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, we're thinking about having Brian Deutsch on the podcast next week since, you know, he was kind of a Robert Morris guy before he came to the U. So I, I told him we'd put it to a vote here. So do you do you two think that, that Deutsch would be a good guest for, for Robert Morris? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Deutsch is always classic. You got to love Deutsch. Uh, I don't know what hockey insight he'll provide, but he'll probably, he'll, he's probably got some great stories of behind the scenes looks. I don't know how much you'd want to let it fly, but behind the (laughs) scenes interactions with Don and Genner and um, Grant, whoever, just funny Grezer behind the scenes looks that I'm sure fans and, and listeners would appreciate. We'll have, to let, we'll have to let Deutscher know that, uh, Viggs. Grammar, what do you oh, think? Oh, don't let him know I said that, though. No, <laughs> Eric's spot on. He he would have better stories than, you know, the next 10-player guests that you have on. Yeah, combined. for sure. Like, and if he's maybe in overtime, if you can keep him on for a bit, too, he might spill the beans a little bit. But if you can well, get him to give a couple of stories, it would be. Well, be yeah, but, but who's got more stories, Deutsch or this guy who's saying, really? Mr. Craig Floor. <laughs> Craig was privy to some of those behind the scenes interactions. Yeah. I don't Come on. I don't know. I don't know who's got better. That we'd have to do a, a story off or something like that. But Craig's been on quite a few overtimes. He was on our 250th show a couple, you know, earlier this season. Um, well, so is Deutsch. We had Deutsch on for that as well for the 250th episode. That's funny. He, he he's a good guest, so I, I think Viggs, we might want to pencil him in for next week, don't you think? I think that's a definite yes. Yeah, I think so. And he's got stories about Derek Schooley too, the head coach at Robert Morris, mm. who was there when Deutscher was there, and he's at Robert Morris, and he's on the USCHO podcast, 
uh, every week these days. He he took the the mic last year and he stuck with it even while being behind the bench for Robert Morris this year. He's continued to podcast. He's always got interesting East Coast perspective on things. I got to talk to him quite a bit. The Frozen Four in Tampa last year. And so looking forward to that matchup coming up in two weeks. All right. So that's definitely, yes. So we'll have to give him the, you just, just text him now that it's been voted hundred percent. He needs to clearly he's watching. So <laughs> he could be, <laughs> um, Vigs to, you know, we had the month off to come back, play an exhibition against the U 18 national development team. Um, they've actually fared pretty well recently against that team where that team has been known to, do pretty well against colleges and they have just beaten North Dakota. But I would say that was a pretty successful evening uh, this this past Monday night. Well, I think the biggest thing for me was looking at Airy as a goaltender in a game. I always think it's so difficult to evaluate goalies in practice. I remember when I was helping out with a high school team, the head coach would be like, so who do you think the goalie should be this weekend? It's just like, oh man, I I don't know. It's like this guy's a better battler. I think he handles adversity more. You know, technically, it's hard for me to really evaluate. You know, if they look smooth and athletic and and have their agility and are not giving away goals, it's hard to evaluate. So getting Ari between the pipes in front of some fans and able to make some saves, and he actually saw a lot of rubber against the development team, and he did himself proud. I think. I think it's difficult for a goaltender to basically not play for six, seven months in game action and then just get thrown into the fire like that because there is a lot of talent in the Ann Arbor program. Yes. Uh, Eric, uh, Mr. Shearhorn, I should say, since we've got too many Eric's here going on right now. Um, a lot of times in exhibition games, they play, they like to rotate the goalies. Maybe if you have three, you'll play one a period, maybe you split half time. This time he played the full game. Um, if you were a starter, did you like playing those exhibition games? Not really. Um, there was basically nothing to gain, and I wouldn't say everything to lose. That's a little dramatic, but there's there's not much upside to these games uh, for the whole teams in general, but especially the goaltenders. I mean, as a backup it's and someone who hasn't played yet, it's great for him to get touches in, and if it goes well, it's like, okay, we got something here, and maybe you can get the inside path to being the starter next year. Um, but as a starter, it's like, I mean, you don't not want to play them, but you're like, eh, this, you know, this game doesn't really do anything for me. And I've actually been on his side of it. Um, in my senior year, when I was riding pine, I played the full game against the U18s at, well, it was in Plymouth, but, um, in Plymouth and, you know, I played well, so it was, it was fine. And it was good, honestly, to get in there and get touches in and, and, you know, gain some confidence really because when you don't play you kind of lose it but um generally speaking yeah I, I think if you put true serum in most guys in that locker room they'd say i think we'd rather have just done new year's and not played at 2 p.m on the first <laughs> <laughs> i think sometimes you? there's probably a coach that sees that game on the schedule is like yes my yeah. guys are gonna have to behave <laughs> oh, themselves you, the night before they're gonna know be the coach before 10 lock them in but <laughs> whatever it is what it is what about you jack how do you what did you think about these exhibitions i think they're kind of good for for the gophers especially with the guys gone at world juniors just to see get it you know get a good look at the team with the guys gone and 
playing pretty well against the national development program, who's obviously fared well against BU and, and North Dakota. Um, I mean, they could, they could probably make the NCAA tournament as a college team. Right. Um, but just get a feel for what it's going to look like this weekend. Um, if those guys, you know, most likely win tomorrow and if they, even if they lose tomorrow, are, they're probably not going to come back and play this weekend. So it's good that we can put together a feasible roster missing a few guys. That was a hot take, by the way. <laughs> What's that? I don't know if I have a rebuttal for you on that one, but that is a hot take that they'd make the tournament. That could be a preposterous statement. Twenty-three, right there. They're a pretty good team. Let me. Yeah. Let me, let me, Would they be EU eight-two or something? And they're gonna. Yeah, win. But like Sherhorn said, like what? What does BU have to play for? That's other than, that's where I have some hesitation with just crowning them as better than some of these teams is the one-off exhibition game that maybe they ne- might not necessarily want to play or play their third string uh, or yeah. backup. I'm like. I don't doubt that they're a really good team, but being a top 16 team in college hockey, I'm a little hesitant to crown them that. Hey, I didn't say top 16. Put them, well, put them, in, the 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 put them in the Atlantic and they win the conference. Oh, they're in. oh he's moving the goalposts. They, they can be 35th <laughs> in the fairways. Oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> because I remember one time they beat, like, North Dakota and then they lost to Bethel the next yeah. day. And so, you know, there is so much talent that this team can make you look bad if you're going to give up rushes and play transition hockey. But I don't think the Gophers did that. I think Begley and, and Rudd were, were looking to show that they can be responsible and, and given more than six, seven minutes a night. You know, they wanted to show what they could do and, and not start getting crazy and riverboat gambling out there. That's spot on. That's spot on. Hey, it's hard, it's hard to get up for Bethel after you play North Dakota, too. No doubt. And it was at, at Bethel, too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Sports Center. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough rank. Oh, boy. I, did you guys, would coaches ever say, hey, so and so's playing for us next year? Don't lay him out. Um, no, I'm trying to think who would have been. So we played NTP twice, Rammer. Would have been our senior year which I guess Faber would have been on that team, right? And then uh, our sophomore year, maybe, at the start of the year, exhibition. And we then that would have been no one. Or Reedy, but no. That was a long way to say no, but no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think back. Um, I remember there was a gopher commit that got laid out pretty good. A couple of years ago and he was like a first round type talent and you just kind of go oh no <laughs> that's not a great look <laughs> i was kind of worried for cole eiserman this last weekend you know i think he he committed uh out to boston under good circumstances and i saw someone tell me that uh, he shook hands with bob and ben after the game you know i think there's no hard feelings between the coaching staff and that family there. I think that's a very personal decision he made to stay home and definitely something that Bob understood. What and that's what always scary good. again. Remind me. So Cole Eiserman's probably going to be like a top three pick. In the yeah, NHL I know draft. who he is and I know he decommitted, but I didn't know there was a backstory to be honest. You know, Veeks, it's it's probably more of the fans that were angry and everything else. I, I'm guessing the players and the coaches 
probably know a lot more to the story that we're never going to hear than anything else. Yeah, I think it's always tough when somebody leaves home and, you know, he's got personal reasons why he wants to stay back in Boston that weren't really there when he committed to Minnesota. I think he just saw what was happening with Cooley and Nyes and was like, I want to be a part of that. And then, you know, as it got closer and closer to actually sign that NLI, he realized that being home close to his family was just so much more important. And he didn't want to put his family through all the stress of trying to travel out to Minnesota to see him play. You know, it's so much easier for them, especially if he's going to be a one and done or maybe a two and done type player anyway. So, yeah, no big drama. No, I'm, I'm glad that's the case because he sounds like a good kid, you know, and like I said, they're they're kids, Viggs. Exactly. I mean, Brock Faber, when he went to the program, he realized how much he missed home. And when it came time to commit, you know, he talked about, I wanted to be closer to my family. And I didn't really know that when I was 16, but after being at the program for a while, I realized the best thing for me was probably to stay close to home. And so that was his decision. Definitely understand it for Iserman. Definitely, definitely, definitely. All right. We need to take a little break here and hear from our sponsors. Jake Middleton here, Director of Hair and Hygiene for the Minnesota Wild. How did I get this important role with the team, you ask? I'd like to think it was because of hard work, but the truth is, I run hot. Yep, I'm a sweater. In my role as Director of Hair and Hygiene, I'm sort of like a player coach. Let me pull out the grease board here. Well, it's not actually a grease board, because there is nothing dirty about Duke Cannon. How do I help the guys stay squeaky clean? Helpful reminders. It's simple. Tarps off, Duke Cannon on. Say it with me. Tarps off, Duke Cannon on. Tarps off, Duke Cannon on. Pick the scent that suits you. Sawtooth. Thick body wash. Extra thick. And my favorite, Midnight Swim. Tarps off, Duke Cannon on. Duke Cannon. Work harder, smell better. Are you tired of the same old fundraisers? Paying $15 for a stale bag of popcorn, chocolate candy bars melting in your car, and more frozen pizzas than you have freezer space. Introducing Ferta Fundraisers, a fundraising company with as much personality as the people who play the game. It's big, throw gas, yeah. big dingers. Big dump for the boys. Choose from great products made by local companies, flexible plans built around your needs. Sell how you want and be supported from start to finish. Deliver max return without charging people a fortune. It's never been easier to support your community. Ignite your fundraising with FURTA Fundraisers. FURTA Boys, FURTA Girls, FURTA Community, FURTA Fundraisers. Of course, a big thanks to Duke Cannon and FURTA Fundraisers for sponsoring the GPL podcast. All right, let's bring them all back. A, a lot going on this time of year, Viggs. Um, World Junior Tournament kind of dominates everything because it's it's one it's the biggest tournament out there. It really is. And as Jess Myers reported today, it's coming to the cities. That's right. I've been waiting for this for a long time. You know, I always loved the World Juniors. It was such a huge deal in Canada. It's finally started to migrate its way south to where it's a big deal here in the U.S. I think now that the Ann Arbor 
Plymouth program has really taken off and, and set them up for success in this tournament has made a big difference. And it's just some of the most exciting hockey because this is an age where those players make a lot of mistakes and there's a lot of transition hockey and there's a lot of offense and anything can happen. As we saw this year when Canada got knocked out, you know, in a game where they pretty much controlled the last 30 minutes, you know, one bad bounce and the goalie overcommitted to the shot and had no chance at the deflection. And now they're out and it's looking pretty good for, uh, the four Gophers who are still out in Sweden. Uh, they've got Finland tomorrow, and then we'll see what happens in potential medal game because they do play two games regardless. So they either play for gold or play for bronze. So it's it's going to be an exciting time here. So that's going to be in around Christmas of 2025, and, and it's the 2026 tournament. We played at Mariucci and at the XL Energy Center. I'm guessing a lot of practices at Ritter and maybe even Tria. Um, it's going to be a huge event. Uh, I'm excited for it. Viggs, do you think we'll be able to get some credentials for that? It might be tough. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I've heard some other talk when they pitched the idea that they might have games at other locations as well and not just the two sites. Because I know when they came to Minnesota, they toured a lot of buildings to look at potential. Because, you know, it's like when it's Norway against Slovakia, you know, you're not going to fill 10,000 seats for that. So if you get a right-sized venue for it, you know, there's plenty of good rinks around here for them to check out. Uh, I'm looking forward to going to as many games as I can. I usually try to go up to Lake Superior after the Christmas break, spend a little day uh, checking out the lake, but next year it's going to have to be at a hockey rink. It might have to be. I mean, well, well, what do you two think about this junior tournament? It seems like it's just ever since maybe even Crosby and Ovechkin and when they were up in Grand Forks, it's really kind of taken off the last 20 years. But it's also helped the U.S. team has been successful, Jack. Yeah, no, 100%. It's been like, I think when I was a lot younger, I didn't even know what the tournament was. And like you said, once you kind of had some of those those household stars, those really top top end guys it started becoming a, a christmas tradition of, of checking it out and, and following along um this year it's a little bit easier time-wise to to follow along and next year's gonna be really special um eric same thing i usually get up to the cabin but i think i'll probably try to stick around for a few games and and catch that and that'd be really really cool to be able to catch some of those games at mary uji it'd be a cool combination yeah it's it's gonna be the 50th anniversary um for that season uh Viggs, do you actually next year for 2025 probably next somewhere year in it's in ottawa next year ottawa, it's Canada. Canada. yeah okay so two years yeah sorry i jumped the gun yep. on that no no two well the, the thing is it starts in at the end of 2025 but it's the 2026 tournament so basically two years from now did you guys ever go to the camps where they started kind of tagging guys for that level where you were competing with players maybe to look at getting an invite to play for USA in any kind of international events? Rammer probably did, but I didn't. I did my 17-year-old year, um, just the the national camp um, thing. I mean, I tried out when I was – Well, hold on, though. That, are you talking about that or are you talking about something you're else? Talking about, or are you talking about, like, the summer camps where they bring, like – 35 guys in where it's like, okay, this is basically the pool that we're trying. Oh, I didn't sniff that. A, didn't sniff that. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, so you're talking about well, like they do, they put together those summer camps where they, they've had like the eight different teams 
of like the 15s and then the 16s and then yeah, those 16s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did so they, those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a little easier getting out of the Pacific District, which is Seattle, Hawaii, Alaska, Washington, Oregon. California produces good players. But other than that, now I will say this, though, is at least um, in the later years, they started tapering how many players we sent. So, like, by the end of it, 17s is the last year. And by the end of it, Pacific District was sending, like, eight people. We were sending, like, one goalie, 3D, and, uh, you know, four forwards type of thing. Um, so that made it a little harder. Uh, but still, I'd rather be going out of the Pacific District as opposed to Minnesota. Yeah, I didn't make it out of my because it goes districts to like your state for, or at least for Minnesota, it's district state. And then you go. And when I tried out 15 year old year, I didn't make it out of our district, which is like Edina, Eden Prairie. It's kind of like late conference is what our areas. And I didn't even make it out of the first cut. And then 16s, I didn't even try out. And then 17s, I made it, but I was, I'm a November. I, Eric, I don't know. When's your birthday? February 96. So that, yeah, so that's a little bit, I'm in November 95. So that kind of sucked too. Cause I was trying out with the Latiris and the Schultz um, and the guys that were a, a year older than me. So it took me a while to kind of hit a growth spurt and be able to keep up. Well, I saw Andrew Carlson commenting here, Belgium and Slovenia at Fogarty. <laughs> Belgium. Has Belgium made a, a world juniors? I'm scared. I don't think so. I think the question will be, will Russia be back in the juniors by then, Viggs? Probably not. We'll see. That one's above my pay grade. So. <laughs> um, it's going to be interesting, though, because I, I think that the Finland team has really upped their game. Recently, they started out kind of slow, lost to Germany. Um, I think they lost to Canada, too. But then they kind of turned it on late, Viggs beat Sweden, beat Latvia, and got in. And this is one of those tournaments where you get a young group of players together and they can get hot and find some chemistry and make some things happen. You know, I have been impressed with the U.S. team. I think they've generated a lot of offense throughout their entire lineup. I feel like their special teams have been pretty good, and both goalies have been okay. Uh, I think they'll get tested more in the next two games that they play, but they've got two good ones. Uh, Augustine has been really good out of Michigan state and, and follower as well. So, okay. The question is, will Renzel and uh, Chesley play like they are right now? Because I've really noticed that those guys don't push it up and try to enter the zone as much as they do when they play for the Gophers. They've been really trying to be more stay at home kind of guys. Well, I think that's a lesson they learned in the first half of the year. I think towards the, the last couple of games that they've played, they have been taking less chances and letting the game come to them. And it's been paying off, at least for Chesley. You know, he's getting scoring opportunities in the offensive zone because he's not forcing it. He's waiting for opportunities to, to present themselves. And then he unleashes his shot. And he's got a big shot. And he's proven it, that he can score with it. It's just not something that you can just force all the time because it's yeah. going to get blocked. You're going to put yourself in bad situations. You know, they're playing with a lot of talented players. So when the space is there, they got to take it. They don't force it. All right. Any other thoughts, Biggs? Other than this is just one of my favorite times of the year. <laughs> I can't believe 
this out. It's a different tournament without Russia. Because yeah. One less. Or big power. This seems different coming out of the pools with Russia not in there competing and just their style of play meshing with everybody else. So I think that's been interesting. We've seen a lot of tight games, though. And I don't know. if I think they're on the big ice for most of these games. I think it makes mm-hmm. a difference. I think teams can play more defense. I've always heard lots of people talk about how the big sheet should promote offense. I think it's the opposite. It promotes more defense and more structure and more possession, and it kind of slows the game down. And I think we're seeing that have an impact in this tournament this year. I I miss Russia too because like Russia is a great villain in these tournaments. Like like when I think of the Russians at World Juniors, I think of guys who you know, as opposed to your average hockey player, will just say celebrate way too hard. Um, you know, they're they're just hateable. They're taking cheap shots. They're <laughs> colorful in a way that doesn't really jive with your traditional hockey fan. Um, and there's just something about the Russians, I think, that we're pre-programmed to not like in general. And so they're a really fun team to watch crumble because I feel like they have some bad, bad beats um, in the World Juniors. So I, I hope they get back sooner rather than later for that aspect alone. You're always looking for that Russian guy with the tinted visor and the white gloves. <laughs> yeah, and just right. The, the flashy flare, extra edge work stuff. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, this is going to be fun to watch. Hey, we used to see that a lot in the Super Rink League Vs. <laughs> I think there were a lot, a lot of wannabe Russians in the Super Rink League when we were that playing. That HC so. Torpedo Russian team we played, they were our arch enemies. Well, and they drank real Russian beer and smoked real Russian cigarettes after the game, too. Is <laughs> something else. You didn't. Kidding. You did not, not want kidding. to take a puff of one of those. You might lose a lung. <laughs> oh, those were the days. Those were the days. All right, Vigs. We need to hit up a couple more sponsors here. Um, and uh, one of them is new, and one of them is um, not so new. Our friends over there at Chill Boys, still one of my favorite things is Chill Boys. I love the Chill Boys. They've got three options for you. Bamboo, Bamboo Boxer Briefs, and Performance Boxers. You know, I gave out some uh, Chill Boys as holiday gifts to people this year, especially that Viking purple boxer that they had. Great gift. I've got a $10 off gift code for somebody in overtime. For our best question, the first 10 minutes of overtime, I'll give out a $10 gift code to that person. Uh, Otherwise, you can use that chillboys.com, pull tab 15, offer to get 50% off your order. Yeah, I almost I almost forgot about that uh, 15% pull tab 15 for 15% off. It's, it's a great deal. But besides chill boys, we have a new sponsor as well. Don't we Vigs? Cub Foods is on board. Yep. Cub is on the pull tab sports bandwagon. So you should be too. If you've got stuff you need around the holiday season or for holiday parties, Cub is the place that's going to have it. There's so many other stores. They're going to run out of what you're looking for. Cub has great inventory and they're sponsoring local teams. You know, they're on the wild on seventh podcast. They sponsor twins, Homer Hankies. They're on PJ flex headset. Maybe they should be on your agenda as well. So check out cub, everything you need. And they even have liquor stores now. So if you're looking for, for, you know, duck, duck beer, maybe, or if you're looking for some THC drinks, check out cub. Definitely. So we're glad to have Cub on board with us. Um, it's it's going to be fun having them 
with us. All right, let's bring them back. Shearhorn and Ramsey, guys. Oh, now you're all mixed up. I got to switch you back here. There we go. That's more normal. Okay, the long break is over, guys. You played your exhibition. How much were you guys chomping at the bit to just get going week after week at the, you know, starting January, Eric? I mean, this is a stretch run. Yeah. Um, well, there's two things on that. One, it gets boring because um, you haven't played in a month-ish. And then you go from playing early December and then you go right into finals. Um, and so you don't really practice. There's maybe some captain skates and you work out just to kind of stay in stay in shape. And then you go home, you rest for a little bit, and then you come back and there's no school. So it's just you go in, you work out, you practice, and then your day's over at like noon and there's nothing to do. And so there's no one on campus. It's dark, it's cold, it's snowy. <laughs> um, and then so when the games come around, you're like, okay, finally something to do. Um and so it's a relief in that sense. And two, I felt my freshman year, there was something about coming back from Christmas break that, you know, the first half's kind of a whirlwind. And once you kind of come back with a reset over Christmas break, the second half, it almost feels like not necessarily that you're a vet, but you have experience and you kind of know what's coming and you get a, get a feel for play. And, and I think you can see a lot of guys elevate their game in the second half, which I'm hoping is what happens to some of these young guys on this team. But I think there's a confidence about, you know, having the reset and having the first half experience and then coming back and kind of almost being like it's year two in a sense um, that I think will hopefully help this team. One thing a lot of uh, coaches have said, Jack, you know, even Don and even Bob, He's like the the freshman can't be freshman anymore after yeah. the break. It's it's kind of like they need to step up. Yeah, they love that one. That was that's spot on, Eric. I was kind of thinking like you come back from Christmas break and you kind of feel like you're starting your sophomore season. Is yeah. feels like an, an accurate sense. Yeah, I mean, once you come back, it's okay. Who's going to shrink and and who's going to elevate their game? And are we going to roll with twenty seniors or are we going to have a bunch of underclassmen with the you know some some upperclassmen carrying the way? And it's 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 big 10 time right you got to get cc and robert morris out of the way but now it's big 10 time um can we can we make a, a jump in the standings here like not completely out of it um but now we start looking at the pairwise and kind of as a player i'd start tracking on the pairwise now and not that the games in the first half don't matter but it's like okay every everything is, is crucial now are we going to get an auto bid or not so you're just so much more focused on that end of the season like it's Finish line's kind of in sight. Like, let's let's start getting dialed in here. Well, Vegas, we've got CC coming in town. It's finishing a kind of a contract that started quite a few years ago. It's it's wonderful to have that old WCHA foe back and playing them. Um, they've been up and down, but they did take you know, two overtime victories in North Dakota. So these games are big this weekend and trying to get the victories for pairwise. Yeah, I know coming into the year, Chris Mayotte felt very confident with his team. He liked his depth. He liked his goaltending. He was surprised that he was being picked so low in the NCHC. He was like, if we're getting picked sixth, seventh in this league, it must be a really good league. And I think by them getting two wins over North Dakota, they showed how good they can be. So this is a program that's gone through some turmoil with him taking the reins 
you know, he kind of reset some of the recruiting that was being done at CC. And now he's starting to get his guys there. And this is a coach that's had success. He had it at Providence. He had it at Michigan. You know, he was a guy who was tagged by USA Hockey to help out at the World Juniors. And this is his team now. And it's going to be a tough test for Minnesota. I think a month ago, based on how CC had played, we were saying any losses to CC would really hurt their pairwise. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case anymore. And they're going to get a tough test in those two games. And I think one thing about this weekend, it's where the coaching staff starts to tighten the reins on their players. I think that first half, it's show me who you are. Let's see what you can mm-hmm. do. We'll give you the freedom to, to explore your game and, and put it out there. Second half of the year, I think the coaching steps up a little bit more and guys will be, you know, coached more to find a better word. You guys experience that as players with your teams as you transition from the first half to the second half? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, I think the coaches are starting to get a feel for these are the guys that we can coach up and who we can ride going into the end of the year. And these are some of the guys they're going to have to leave in the dust and we'll pick them back up in the summer. You know, these are our guys. So it's crunch time. I think the one thing with Minnesota is they've ridden Justin close pretty heavy. You know, he's played every game so far. He's had a lot of practice time because they were so shorthanded with mm-hmm. goaltending at the start of the year with Ari getting hurt. And then Weiss got hurt so much that Potter had to put the pads on for a practice at one point just to give him a look. You know, they're they're playing their power play game against a net. You know, that's where things had gotten with this team because they're just trying to keep the, the ship moving ahead. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see how that happens the second half. That break is probably great for closer. I don't know, Shearhorn, if you if you had that kind of workload in the first half, I'm sure mentally, as much as physically, it is nice to have that break. Yeah, the practices. I mean, there's a massive difference in having three goalies versus four goalies, let alone, you know, two or one even in some cases and that's just like practices are just significantly easier with more obviously um because i was never i never really wanted to even when i was playing all the games i never really wanted to dog it in practice i felt like that was the wrong way to do things um even if sometimes it was like geez i don't know if i need to get this many shots on a wednesday um but like yeah, not having those goals, and, and I kind of get the same feel for closer um, from the little bit that I know him, that he's not going to be someone that just stands in there because he's like, hey, guys, sorry, not going to try because I need my rest. Um, and so, yeah, I honestly didn't know that that was a, a thing. Um, so I think that could totally play a factor in him being tired um, for sure. And I think the other impact it had on the team was they didn't have that net battle that you really need to get some of those ground games goal because they didn't have goalies in practice. You know, they're just shooting at the shooter tutor essentially. So there's no rebounds. It's hard to get traffic. It's hard to simulate that. You know, that's why they got Matt Bryant from the club team to join just so they had another body in there that they could practice. And I think, you know, it had a big impact on them in the first half. You know, I think some people kind of poo poo that and say, ah, it's not a big deal. They'll, They'll be fine. It changes the way they can practice. Well, we saw him in Grand Forks before he was, you know, really needed to be on the official roster because they needed someone for just practice, Viggs. Yeah, I mean, even on morning skate, you know, you don't want your starting goalie going out there taking an hour worth of shots, especially with some of the guys on this team that like to shoot a lot of pucks, you know. 
So it's it's helpful to have four, I think, at this point, especially when you have a goalie who plays as much as closer does. Sure, Everyone's you yourself available to Bob next year. Yeah, right. I have not skated since March of 2020, and I don't plan to uh, <laughs> break the seal with a practice with the Gophers. That's just not going to happen. That would not be good for anyone, <laughs> you, really. You'd break something. <laughs> yeah, I'd pull something, break something, and I'd let in. I mean, they're better off shooting on an open net. <laughs> yeah, the, the scouting report I got on Potter was it was a one-and-done experiment. Play coach in goal. Yeah, that's tough to come off the shelf into the bunch of stallions that are 18 to 22, just primed and firing 100 mile an hour shots at you. It doesn't really work. Do you guys remember um, Paul the Paul Deutsch story? This is the Minnesota Wild, like 15 years ago. He was uh, he's one of my dad's buddies growing up. And he always plays played men's league and they didn't have a goalie ever. So at like 35 years old, he finally said, screw it. Like, I'm going to get pads. I'll be the goalie. And he was the goalie. And then my dad coaching the wild, they needed a, a goalie for like morning skate and for practice. And so they called him and brought him in and did just fine after like three years of playing goalie. So Jacques was like, Rammer, you can, you can bring him back. <laughs> bring him back. And for like the next three four years he was like a practice goalie whenever they need an extra guy and then at home at home i think they're playing nashville my dad and i were going to the game so this is after my dad had had retired and paul was going to the game he was coaching like his daughter's u12 team and they got a suite to go to the game and the goalie got hurt like in morning skate so they had paul dress for warm-ups and he was the the backup goalie on the bench until the guy I think it was Houston then got there from Houston. So like the ultimate perfect timing that he was on the ice for warmups with his daughter's team in the crowd. Oh That's my God. God. And he was, I mean, he started playing goalie at 35. So it's never too late guys. It's never too late. For me, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to turn 45 here on Friday. So uh, I will not be putting on pads at this stage of my career. Wham. Wham. Viggs, I know the fans are going to want to know, are the players going to be back from Sweden? Are the players going to be back from Sweden? Are they going to play? It's it's always up to them, usually, isn't it? Yeah, Bob's philosophy on this, if they're back on time and they have their gear and they want to play, he's going to let them play. You know, He's not going to say, no, I don't want you to play if they say they want to play. So I think if the guys get back, they're in and Bob will manage their stress level going forward. You know, he can reduce the amount of practice time they take those next couple of weeks. Uh, but in general, if guys are back and want to play, they'll be in the lineup. And I think, you know, Snuggerud missing some games here because illness, you know, maybe, maybe he'll get through it. Okay. Uh, I remember Ryan Lindgren losing about 10 pounds uh, when he got really, really sick at the world junior and, you know, he tried to play through it and it was not great, but he, he figured it out. All right. Well, it, it's always a wait and see. It, it was kind of that when they came back from China last year on the, after the Olympics, Baber was all of a sudden playing and they barely made it. Mm-hmm. And there, and it was Penn state. Wasn't it at Penn state or something? I think it was, yeah, it was crazy because I remember Faber talking about how even in the airports, like they couldn't get any food. 
because everything was shut down when they got to all these places. So like the minute they got like stateside, they're just like anything, McDonald's, power bars, cliff bars, you know, <laughs> candy, whatever they could get their hands on. They're just like, they needed food so bad. And I think, was it nice? His equipment didn't make it back. And so he couldn't go. So, yeah. you know, it's going to be unique circumstances for all of them, but they'll be coming off of emotional high. Any way you look at it. They want to play, right? I was going to say, you take a, you take a uh, really tired and jet lagged snuggerud over, and this is no offense to who would ever come out of the lineup, but <laughs> you're putting that guy in the lineup and Chesley and whoever else. Um, Can't disagree with you there. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's just the way it goes. Yeah, it's such a it's such a shortened season. If you don't, at the end of the day, you don't play that many games, right? No, so you really don't. Guys coming from playing juniors and whatnot, and what you're used to, and if the conditioning is there. They want to play at the end of the day, so and they're and they're not thirty five years old, they're teenagers. Not. Yeah, that right. does help a lot. Hundred <laughs> percent. So, what do you want to see from this Gopher team this weekend, Viggs? You know, uh, obviously Bob wants to start locking things down, like you mentioned. Um, they should do well, but we kind of want to see it, don't we? want to see that ground game you want to see guys start to learn their lessons and apply them in the game you know one of the things bob's been frustrated with is the guys practice so well monday through thursday executing what they're trying to implement in their game plan and their systems and then they get in the games and guys are just forcing plays that aren't there or taking shots that feed the other team's breakout and it's just stuff that they don't do in practice but when the games happen, they start to pop up. And I think that's one of the things that Bob is getting frustrated with and wants to see them correct in, in play. And the only way to get through that is by playing games. And I think it's important for them to get off to a good start here because while CC's better in the pairwise right now, Minnesota needs some wins. They've had so many ties right now. You know, they're putting themselves kind of in a dangerous spot in the pairwise where you know, they might have to go play North Dakota in the first round regional in their first game, you know, even. So that's not really a place where you want to be. Anybody want to predict this weekend or is it just not a big deal when it's CC? What do you, do you want to predict, predict this weekend, Vegas? There's no points on the line. You got to <sighs> predict. What do you mean? Part of the show. <laughs> Can we? I got to look back after this too. If we can bring up the historical records of what my record is, I think I predicted two sweeps. So I'm for sure not right. <laughs> I think I just, I just roll with the sweep every time. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I think I'm um, I'll throw my prediction out there. I'm All gonna right. predict the sweep. Shocker. Um, what I would like to see though is I was looking at their previous games before we got on here, and the Ghosts have been outshot in six of the last seven. And if you look, think back to those games, it feels like close has had a lot, has had to make a lot of 10 bell saves to keep them in it. You know, I, I know you talked about locking it down Viggs, but like, you know, having a clean win where, you know, it's, they give up 25 shots and less than five grade A's feels like it hasn't happened uh, this year, or at least hasn't happened uh, in recent memory. And so, you know, taking care of what I would say is a lesser opponent. I know they beat North Dakota twice going into break, but if you look back at their schedule, they don't have any good wins besides that. 
I mean, they beat Union and they beat they swept Miami and they like they beat Long Island or something like that. But they really don't have that many quality wins um, against you know, you know whoever they play that's a decent team. They're they're losing to so. This feels like a, a get right series. I think it could be a get right series, but that's also a trap historically for the goal. That's true. When that's you start true. thinking this is a get healthy, get points, get feeling good, create offense, that's when you get into trouble. When you have a team that goes, okay, this is going to be a rock fight. The offense is going to come to us from hard play. That's the kind of mentality I think they need for the second half. And that's how they've gotten in the holes this last stretch of games where they're getting out shot is because they're feeding the other team's offense. So they're not just taking control of the game. Like against Notre Dame, I thought they did that really well where they just said, you know what, we're just going to take what we can get and, and take our chances when they show themselves. I think last couple of weeks that hasn't been the case and they're, they're pushing offense. that's not there. Yeah. That's where I get worried. I guess I should say this. If, if, in terms of a get right game, what you're thinking of or about, you know, then taking it lightly, I'm thinking of like a Long Island University. I don't know if CC's bad enough to for them to say, okay, this is going to be a cakewalk. It's just a lesser opponent that they should, in theory, be able to handle. Although their goalie does look really good. Uh, Burko's the player cake, of the month. Yeah. But his, his numbers are, are nice. So, what's your prediction on Viggs? <sighs> ooh, ooh. You're going to make Mote mad if you don't pick sweep. <laughs> I know. It's just really hard for me to pick a sweep based on what we've seen this year. And I, I really think one of these games is going to go to overtime. And, you know, it, it could be an anything happens kind of game. We could see another shootout. So I think we're going to see a win and a tie. All right, Jack, bring some positivity here. I, I can't. I, I think it's going to be a split, too. And oh. I know we're talking lesser opponent. We're missing four guys, um, if I'm correct on that. Like, we're, we're missing four of the best players off our roster, um, and that hurts big They'll time. They'll play, though. They'll totally play. Right. You th- yeah. So, you know. What's the timeline on that? It's a tough commute back. Like, yeah. they, they get back that day essentially because it's going to be like an 18 hour travel so they're yep. going to be able to basically get back take a pregame nap and and come to the game so it's not ideal i don't know you yeah. know how how well you can sleep on a plane after a world junior tournament you know yeah. if they win the gold medal maybe the the excitement will allow them to sleep on the flight back but but you never know i heard a lot of the wild players coming back from sweden were all mixed up yeah like you listen to some of the guys on the wild and seventh podcast talk to kinger about it it's just like you know it's hard to adjust the time there and then coming back it was hard and you know you do all these things to try to set yourself up for success and it's tricky and maybe just that first day back it's easy because you can just get through it on adrenaline but we'll see you know Stuggerud only needs you know a half seconds to get his shot off but renzel right. and chesley it's a little bit more of a demanding game for them I feel jet lagged coming from Alaska, and that's three hours. So I know, I know the pain. <laughs> yeah, hopefully with Renzel and Chesley, like you were talking about earlier, like keeping the play in front of them, letting their forwards do the work, because in 
the world junior tournament they're playing with skilled enough players like hey let's get the puck off the stick give it to these guys let them let them go to work if we're going to score a goal it's because of them you know if the puck's gonna be in the back of our net it's probably because of us like that'd be a great mindset to bring back home and do that let's i think that would really solidify the the decor and keep pucks in front of us um but yeah i'm i'm going with the split i think it's a it's a pretty good team um it's probably going to be a half-filled arena you know it's it's christmas break yeah. the students are probably gone right it's hard to hard to come in there and, and, and get the emotions going with the the crowd but it's such a big weekend i mean this weekend and next weekend i'm not going to put the you know the the doomsday thing out there but like if if you come out of this the next two weekends two and two you're probably in some trouble um coming down the stretch just because of how weak the the big 10 is kind of this year um so I, I really hope it's a, a three and one stretch over the next two weeks. Well, I, I'm going to go with sweep because I'm trying to be Mr. Positivity here. We need the sweep because, and I think more importantly, this weekend's not as important as next weekend because obviously we'll get into that next week, but you gotta, you cannot lose to six. You cannot just, lose. Yeah. You cannot lose a game to Robert Morris. You can't lose to 63. That is a season. season's done, right? If they lose one to Robert Morris, it's I done. Mean, it <laughs> gotta get the automatic qualification at that point. <laughs> it could be. So that, so sweep this weekend. I'm going to say sweep next weekend too. So let's get some positivity going into the Big Ten second half of the season. So that would be great. Um, Viggs, um, we're we're doing kind of a special podcast Monday afternoon, early evening, little pre-game, pre-game. little with, pre-game uh, with, with Thinky Town. And, and where's it gonna be? It's gonna be at Tom's Watch Bar, uh, downtown Minneapolis. So they've been doing some you know pre-game events with different groups, and so Dinky Town athletes. Wants to give uh, some Gopher Hockey fans two free Duck Duck beers when they come to the pregame. I'll have some swag from Dinkytown athletes, uh, some T-shirts, some things like that that they've been selling, like the Rhett Pitlick stuff, the Jimmy Snuggerud stuff. We'll have some uh, Jimmy Snuggerud signed photos for fans in attendance. And I'll talk with Jerry from Grey Duck Spirits about Duck Duck beer and about the promotions they're doing with Grey Duck Vodka. You know, they're contributing some significant money to Dinky Town athletes. And so we'll talk about that and how they got involved. So come on down, keep me company. I got Luke Buer from uh, Gopher Illustrated's 24-7 podcast. They do a lot of Gopher football stuff. So he'll be there with me to, to help put on the show. He's done a couple of these with Dinky Town athletes in the past. So it should be a fun afternoon. Hope uh, you can make it. We did it early enough so people could get there and still get to the rink. Sounds like fun. I won't be able to make it down there that night, but I'll kind of be producing, you know, doing more behind the scenes stuff for that. So, so everything goes as fairly smooth as possible with these. And we're not quite sure on the time on that yet. You know, they're, they're opening doors like at four 30 or four or something like that. Yeah. We'll start the event at four 30 and we'll probably get going sometime around five with our show and be able to get you out of there. Or if you want to stick around, it's a big night of uh, sports. You got the Michigan, Washington national yes. championship. Two big football? 10 teams. <laughs> Two big 10 teams, just like the Frozen Four hopefully will be, right? Could be. So so that's going to be that's going to be fun. Technically, it's going to be a challenge for us, but we're going to pull it off somehow, Viggs, Monday. We're going to push ourselves. We're pushing ourselves we, to grow we are. in 2024. That's going to be fun. And, you know, I don't we didn't really have really a chance to talk about it, but uh, Jack and Eric, uh, 
wish you guys had some NIL opportunities back in the day. I mean, even if it's free Chipotle or something like that. Yeah. That would have been nice. That I would have certainly taken free Chipotle. I had a gross <laughs> amount of Chipotle in college too, so I would have gotten my money's worth. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do do we have any idea how much these guys are making? Like, do we have any idea how much Nyes made last year? I feel like he's been uh, the most endorsed athlete maybe or maybe it's Cooley. I know he had like three brands. And did we hear any rumors on how much he raked in last year? Didn't say how much, but he was with War Road. You know, the TJ Oshie, yeah. he's a CCM sponsored athlete. And I know he had some other things as well. You know, Cooley was big with Chipotle with his yeah. USA hockey connections. So no dollar amounts are really being discussed with this right now. And everybody's being real cagey about it uh-huh. uh, because it just provides information to the competition yeah. so everybody's been kind of hush hush on what it is for actual huh. dollars uh, but minnesota is positioning themselves to be effective in nil they're never going to be like one of those top 15 top 20 teams but they're going to be enough to be competitive i think down the road are you talking hockey or all sports well, all football, sports mostly all sports really? I'm thinking you hockey think, they'll do pretty football good football and basketball are going to be able to compete with the other big dogs and like the SEC with, they'll and... be able to compete with Iowa and Wisconsin and Nebraska schools like that yeah, yeah. I think the Michigans the Ohio States the Penn States you know they're in a different level yeah, yeah just okay. are. That's and they I were anyway to start like. with yeah but that that 25 to 50 I think that's where Minnesota is going to end up yeah It'll be interesting. Definitely be interesting. Well, guys, thanks for coming on the show with us. You're going to stick around for overtime, aren't you? 100%. I'm ready. You got that, uh, you got that Taco Bell order in yet? No, that's in like 45 minutes. <laughs> Did you order Taco Bell last time you were on? That's that's the biggest. I'm two for two towards the end of, of, uh, of overtime. Last, last year, my Taco Bell sat outside because we ran it for like, an hour and a half. My Taco Bell sat outside because it was cold last year, and it sat outside in like minus five degree you weather. Can just go get it time. at any time. So yeah. don't wait. Don't you yeah. can't wait for Taco Bell. Oh. Can't wait. V, so you got anything coming up right now? We obviously we got that podcast. Um, uh, I know you've been doing a, a lot of extra writing. You know, for 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 GPL, you, you thinking about any new stories coming down the pike? Yeah, we've got a little peek behind the finances of Big Ten hockey. Oh. So we're going to be looking at some of the coaching contracts across the league and some of the game contracts, as I put out on Twitter uh, this week. Uh, Robert Morris is getting almost $50,000 as the guarantee for coming to Minnesota. So we'll have some other little tidbits about teams throughout the Big Ten. All right. So be looking forward to that in the coming weeks from Viggs and That'll do it for this episode of the GPL podcast. Obviously, we'll want to thank Jack and Eric for joining us on the show this week. We'll be back next week to recap the CC series and preview Robert Morris. Uh, for those of you watching live, stay tuned for overtime, of course. But for the rest of you, we'll catch you next week on the GPL podcast.